0: Are you overworked, overstressed, and overwhelmed? You want life to be different, but you don't even know how to get there. Man, oh man, I lived there myself. And in my experience with working with thousands of people from all walks of life, there is one simple thing that holds so many of us back, a lack of time management. We may know what we want, but we often don't know how to get there and don't feel like we can add one more thing into our already busy day. And that's exactly why I created the Dream Life Action Planner. It's a 90-day inspired game plan that will give you total clarity on your greatest priorities and skyrocket your productivity on the tasks that matter most. And now, for a limited time, you can get your own copy for free. And when you go to denisewalsh.com slash action, denisewalsh, dot com slash action, A-C-T-I-O-N. Put your information in and we will send this action planner directly to your inbox so you can set your goals, reprioritize your calendar, and design your dream life today. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. Our next guest is an international business coach with honors degree in business and is the founder of Design Dream Lifestyle, where she teaches women from all around the world how to use their life experiences to launch their own thriving online coaching business. She grew up in Estonia and developed an entrepreneurial mindset after watching her parents start their own business after the fall of the Soviet Union. And after working in her parents' business and also in corporate finance for 10 plus years, plus running a personal finance blog, she became an expert in balancing the professional and personal. She uses this business background and online savvy to encourage other women in the online coaching field to expand their reach through sales funnels conversions, lead generation, and passive revenue methods. Oh yeah, we all need to learn this. Her work has appeared in publications like Forbes, Shining Mentor Magazine, and the Huffington Post. And she loves to speak about finding clients through automated marketing, creating signature coaching programs that actually sell, and building evergreen global coaching businesses. Oh my goodness, I am so excited to welcome Relika Scholte to the Dreamcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today.
0: I know, I know, me too. So when I first got word of you, your business is called Design Dream Lifestyle. And my book is called Design Your Dream Life. And I have a journal called Dream Life Daily Journal. And I was like, oh my gosh, we need to hang out. So I know you didn't start off doing this. And so I would love to hear what was it like growing up in Estonia and watching your parents start their own business? sure absolutely
1: well i was actually born in soviet union and we got the independence back in estonia when i was seven years old but during the soviet union one of the things that was important to note here is entrepreneurship did not exist so basically all the things belong to the government. so nobody owned the business in a country and during this collapse Which when I was seven years old, my parents started their own business right after that. So literally like no knowledge about business because they did not have any examples about that. But they started working together. So my dad owned the air conditioning company and my mom was accountant. So they literally just started out just two of them just doing the work and eventually just building like a small business that my mom was working from home as accountant and my dad was just like managing the uh, team and having their own employees and doing all the shipping and packaging and the repair and all those things. So for me, I really saw like there is a different way of living when you have a business. So that you can work from home. And my mom was always present when I came home from school, and she was able to cook for me. I was able to talk to her. And the other side, of course, they were always working. Like there was no like like designated weekends that you can have the days off all the time. Like when you're working in a corporate field, for example, but you can work, let's say, seven days a week, but you still have the flexibility. You can still like this. Now, decide your own hours, decide your own schedule uh, and never had to miss out, let's say, when I had a performance at school or like a party at school or anything so that they were always able to attend the weather. And for me, as far as the mindset piece was really huge because I really learned that there is only like a certain amount of money that you can save, let's say if you have money, but there is unlimited potential when you have a business that you can really grow like unlimited ways and although they had business like you know like normal people do it like you know you have an office and everything but nowadays let's say expanding online you have an entire new way of living as well
0: yeah okay so in soviet union there are no entrepreneurs that's not a thing everybody has a job because everybody everything is owned by the government—that's so interesting—and another just different way of life. So, what do you think spurred your parents to start their own business when they had never seen that before?
1: Really, it grew up because of the demand, and that was one of the things that my dad always taught me: that you can't create the demand, but you can respond to the demand. They started the business because my dad used to be uh, used to work as a mechanic, like on a ship. And then uh, he already had like his own uh, like network who wanted, let's say, the services. And that's how he started on the site. And eventually, he grew his own business out of that. Because he already got the clients and the demand out there. So.
0: Mm, I love that. You can always respond to the demand. You can't create the demand, but you can have your eyes wide open, find a need that already exists, and then go fill it.
1: Totally, because I feel like that's one of the biggest mistakes a lot of people make. They try to educate people. They try to create this demand on the market, and then they end up struggling because they really can't make the sales. But if you find this gap on a market, and if you really do the market research, if you really know that there is a particular demand, and if you have a solution for this urgent demand, like your product or your service will literally fly off the shelf. Okay.
0: So when did you know that you wanted to become an entrepreneur yourself?
1: My dad always told me that you should start a business. But my problem was that I never had a business idea. I was always kind of like in a place that, yeah, I would love to, but I just don't know like what to do. So I did follow this normal path and, you know, going to college, working in a corporate field. But I really always knew inside of me that there has to be a way for me to start a business as well. So when coaching business opportunity came along, I was like a new opportunity for me because I never knew that even existed. That was like, that's actually a thing that you can actually do. You can actually connect with people. You can actually share your knowledge. You can actually help people. So it was literally like no brainer for me when I learned about that.
0: Okay, so you learned about the online coaching space, which is fairly new, right? I mean, I started our business almost 12 years ago, and we did not have smartphones or Facebook or any sort of things. So there's so much that has changed over the past decade. How did you get started in your online coaching business? And, And first, when did you move to the States?
1: I moved to the States about four years ago. And okay. actually, I was already here. So I started my business a couple of years ago. But it really grew out because when I came here, I had to go through all these legal processes as well to get my green card because I was not allowed to work in here. And that was a time also when I was running a personal finance blog on a site with the hope of making some extra income from home. But for me, although that you can have a business as a blogger as well, for me, it was really a struggle as well because I wasn't really integrating the content. Especially something in when you're not like a native speaker. I always had to have somebody who would edit my blog post and that was so time consuming. And it really was only maybe like a side income for me. So when I ended up, let's say, networking with other entrepreneurs who were online, I learned that, wow, there is an opportunity to actually connect with people too. And then I started this business and I was like, you know what, I can use my blogging and business experiences. And like my passion is also to connect with people, to really have this human connection, which I didn't have when I was blogging. Then I really started this business. And I was like, I'm going to go all in. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, I do
0: think it's kind of cool how we can take our past experiences and merge them together to form something completely unique. So you ran a personal finance blog. What did blogging teach you about running an online business?
1: It taught me actually a lot. It really taught me there is a huge potential online because I was able to build up my following and I was able to sell some passive income courses to people that I've never met before. So that's really a lot of people online. And as far as I know right now, there's like 4 billion people online. So there's a huge opportunity. And selling info products or even like services you really don't have to stock those like you know as an inventory, right, in your office or in your someplace. So that there's unlimited potential. And I really learned everything about the tech side as well, because when you're running a blog, you have to edit the blog post, you have to set up your website, and I really wanted to be knowledgeable of all those things too.
0: Yeah. So you learned a lot about the tech stuff, the SEO, getting ranked on Google, the linking and all of the kind of things that actually get your work seen. Because you can put up a blog or a post or a video, but that doesn't mean anyone's going to see it. So you do have to learn the marketing behind it to actually get it in front of people who are already interested in what you have.
1: Totally. And one of the things that also stood out for me is really like also collaborating with other bloggers, like, like other people who are in the same network. Because if you can do, for example, guest blogging, which is really creating your blog post, but posting this in somebody else's website, this will increase your visibility so much because you will automatically be exposed to a new audience. And your blog post will actually either like I would say not forever, but I mean really for years at least. Like as long as this website exists as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting because the, th- the cool thing about blogs is that it's searchable on Google, right? Yeah. So kind of like YouTube, you put a video out and it's there for a while. People can search and find you and binge and all of that. So why is it important for people to seize the opportunity when it comes to business?
1: I feel like If you don't see that, you really are not meant to be an entrepreneur because you do have to think like outside of the box and do things that are not in your comfort zone because you're you're really taking a risk in a business. Because if you're working in a corporate field, you can be pretty sure that I go to work tomorrow and like the other days and then at the end of the month or at the end of the two weeks, I will get my paycheck. In the business, you do have to think outside of the box and see a lot of opportunities and think differently because you are the leader in your business, you are the visionary and you have to be a creative person as well so that you can see that, yes, there are opportunities and these are way more important than my fear. So I have to get out of my own way.
0: Oh, yes. Mike. your app. I feel like when I started my business almost 12 years ago, I was a very much an employee mindset, you know, like tell me what to do and I'll do it. And I had to learn vision. I had to learn like to think outside the box. And so if you're listening and you're like, Oh, I'm still scared. Like just know that it's all learnable. You really can learn um, how to be your own CEO and how to see a need and go meet it and how to to create and, and get creative and do the research so you can get in front of the right people. So first, I want to hear what products do you offer? And then I want to hear how you use webinars and automated funnels and things like that to get in front of people.
1: I actually don't offer that many products or services anymore. I do offer just like one of my main things, which is my 5-month uh, coaching business mastermind so this is all about how to build a business online starting from an idea to doing market research creating your own coaching programs and packages and then obviously a lot of lot of marketing which is organic but also the funnels and paid advertisement as well and i feel like this is one of the things that if you focus on one thing your business can really explode rather than creating like a like a so many different like, services and products out there. Yeah, but as far as building, let's say, the webinars and funnels, and that's the other thing I learned about blogging is money is in your list. That If you do not have a list, it's really hard for you to make any sales because you do not own the Facebook, you do not own Google, you do not own those things, but you do own your email list. So if you're building your funnel, let's say if you have a freebie that you uh, offer to your audience and they opt in for that, so that you own the email list unless they unsubscribe, and then you can do all sort of like a marketing for them. But webinars are really the, one of the best lead magnets, just because they really give like the high value content. They share your story and really uh, during this one hour that you spend with your audience, you're able to really nurture them so well that they're ready to take the next step, which might be like you know hiring gear for you for uh, your for your services.
0: Do you have an opt-in on your website that is a pre-recorded webinar or do you do them live consistently?
1: I have it pre-recorded on my website and also just... Uh anywhere online, like running as my Facebook ads as well. And I always say that there's two ways that you can do that. You can either really get started with the automated version right away, but I highly actually recommend doing this live, like until, until you really see that you are able to provide really high-value content that you have some data. Because if you do your webinar live, which I did many, many times before, and you can see that whether, first of all, People even sign up for your webinar. And second of all, do they show up live to spend this hour with you? And even if they do, are they going to stick around with you this entire 45 minutes or 60 minutes of your webinar? And are they going to take the next step, which should be booking a call with you like as a discovery call to discuss the next steps for their business? If you can really nail those pieces in your webinar, I think you're ready to automate this piece too. Because otherwise, you may lose those people down the road. Right. Doing
0: it live gives you important feedback because they're asking you questions that are relevant right then and there. And not only are you going to become better and better at your presentation, but you can tweak it and go, well, I think I need to add a bit more about this. Or maybe I didn't need to say that. And you can really figure out what your ideal client needs. So then once you automate it, you're confident that it works.
1: So important. Totally agree with that because if you do not know what's going on in your ideal client's mind, you end up struggling in your business. But what is the best way is really to get them ask the questions from you. Let's say if you do your webinar and at the end of the webinar, you can have this Q&A session where you answer all those questions. And if you do already a couple of webinars, you will start seeing a pattern as well. What type of questions your ideal clients are really asking? and then you can already address those questions during this webinar too so that when it's recorded and you can't answer those questions the answers are there for them
0: yeah yeah what happens is when you speak their your ideal client's language and you answer the questions before it's even asked sometimes you know i feel like they go oh she gets me oh yep totally we can hang out she understands so tell me a little bit about how to do that market research how do you get into the mind of your ideal client
1: Yeah, I love it actually.
0: (laughs) I can see your face just light up. You're like, Oh, this is fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I feel like a lot of times people are so afraid to do this market research that sometimes it may seem like so dry or so like, like non-important part of your business. But if you have fun with that, it will become such an important piece of your business. And I actually recommend doing this on a regular basis, no matter what level you are in your business. So I like to do two things. Uh, number one, I like to get people on the phone with me and I saw them right away that this is just to poorly connect and to understand like what's going on so that I can better create my own products and services and that this is not a sales call that they would be completely open with me and you want to ask about what are the main struggles for them? What's really going on in the head? And I highly recommend recording this call. So, of course, ask your permission for that. Or if they do not agree with that, you have to take a lot, a lot of notes, especially using their words that they tell you what the struggle is, because that really is the key. So, if you want to know about the struggle, like what what's going on, how important it is for them to fix that, where they want to go, and why it has to be solved right now. Where is this urgency over there? And typically on those calls I like to do about maybe like a thirty minute calls and get maybe like five to ten people on the phone with with me and then the first 15 minutes to talk about them like what the struggles and pain points and all those things are and the other 15 minutes uh, to provide some value for them too because remember these people are taking half an hour from the day to spend time with you to help your business so you have to give them something back to you so really if you do your market research and when you talk to people then give them value give them some tips how they can solve that. Now, the other thing I like to do is, um, I'm using, let's say, SurveyMonkey or Google Docs to create surveys. Um, no more than 10 questions, just because, again, you're asking people's time to respond to that. And if you have too many questions, people are just really, you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to answer those things. It's too much going on. And one of the things is you can ask multiple choice questions that will make it really easy for people to respond. And also, one of the most important questions that you need to have over there is the last question, and that is, anything else should uh, I should know? And this is a voluntary question, and you just leave like a paragraph for them. This is this has really turned out to be one of the most important questions because people really open up over there, and they share what's really going on with them. Sometimes. People write like a long paragraph so that you can really see what's going on with them. Now, as a business owner, if you're struggling about your messaging and how do you actually get into your, your client's head, then this is your solution. You will start seeing the patterns as well, the way that they, refer, like they say the problem really is. And then you can use their own words. So that, and then you integrate this into a marketing message too. And that's how you can really get into their heads. And there's no guesswork. And when they read your post, when they listen to your videos or like that, they know that you get them. They know that.
0: Right, right. Absolutely. How do you find those 10, 5 to 10 people to, to do a call with or to really listen to their struggles?
1: There's a couple of ways. So, if you are a brand new person, let's say brand new entrepreneur, and you really don't have an email list, then the best way to go is just go to Facebook groups. Just find a couple of Facebook groups that your ideal clients are hanging out and just ask people. Just really ask them to connect with you and just really, but also. Set clear expectations like who this call is for, because you don't want to have like just anybody reaching out to you, but really specific people. So you want to really say that this is for you, if and then just like list your criteria. there if you have an email list, and I highly also recommend just emailing to your email list and asking them like, hey, like I would love to talk to you if you have a half an hour for me, and just add your scheduling link, and they will put the call with you. And remember, these are already your warm audience. They already know you a little bit. They are there for a reason. So chances are that they are your ideal clients if they are in your email list already too. And that's how you can find those people. Now, what if you
0: have a business and you feel like everyone is your ideal client? And you think that anyone and everyone would benefit from your service, whether they're age 18 to 80, men, women. What do you do when you have a product
1: like that? (laughs) yeah it's hard when we are like when we feel this way and i feel like all of us we have felt this way at some point but it, it is really important to be more specific because the more specific you can be the more you will actually end up talking to your clients because if you try to you know talk to everyone especially when it comes to let's say men or women because i feel like Targeting men is way different messaging and way different images and the way that we attract them. They are more like, you know, like number based and more like, you know, straightforward. For us, it's more sometimes like intuition and all those things so that the message ends up being like really unclear in that case. Uh, just pick something, and you can always expand later on
0: more. Yeah. Yeah. What's funny is with our our business, our products are for you know we're like we have health and wellness products, and they're for everyone. But you're exactly right. When you're doing marketing, you have to pick one. So whether it's a hairstylist and you do ads or focus your messaging on that, or it's a massage therapist, or it's a stay at home mom, or it's a chiropractor or, you know, it's somebody who wants to lose weight or it's somebody who needs more energy or it's somebody who's, you know, who feels sick or, you know what I mean? Like you can pick one thing and, and have your messaging be around that. And then a lot of the work I'm creating right now with, with the books and the podcasts, again, you're like, this is for everybody to have a better life and you can't get more general than that. So I really had to hone in on, okay, who do I want to talk to for right now? you know, who are the people that I want to talk to niche it down. And we can always do another ad that's focused on a different niche down the road. But I think it's really, really important to get specific. So then you can use their words and you can speak their language. And you can say, hey, if you have this problem, I have this, solution and you can provide the solution for them because you already know kind of what they're thinking what their objections would be and and how to talk to them to take them on a journey of joining you and kind of believing that you can help them
1: totally and I feel like this is ideally, that you want to just think about somebody who would be ideal for you. So that doesn't mean that somebody who's not like 100% ideal for you will not resonate with your message. But if you target the message specifically to one audience only, then even the people who do not fit like 100% into this criteria, they will still come to you at some point if there is something in this message that resonates with them. Yeah, I've
0: heard of people being like, oh my gosh, I was just thinking I needed and you showed up, you know, I was because the message that we have is so specific and clear that they go, oh, that's for me. You know, she's talking to me. So you talk a lot about creating evergreen, certainly funnels with webinars and, and an opt in and creating your email list. Tell me a little bit about an evergreen program. How would you go about that?
1: Yeah. So the easiest way to explain that is there is two ways that you can really launch your programs online. There is this launch model, which is basically if you're listening to this, maybe you have seen that coaches or let's say any entrepreneurs when they have services or products, that there is a specific time. The year when they open the doors and there, maybe there's like an early bird and then you have to get in and you have to get into this program or buy this product, uh, you know, until certain time because otherwise you out and you can't get in anymore. So, and those services or those products or programs, they normally open the doors maybe like once or twice a year. And that's the launch model. Now I like to do evergreen, which basically is that my doors are open like year round, I don't I never close my doors. And the way this really works is that clients can get started in their programs when they are actually ready. So that when they're actually ready to get started, it can be today, it can be two months from now. It's just like so people and draw continuously into the programs. And what I've really found is that This allows me to control my client flow, first of all, and have a little bit more consistent income too. Because if you do the launch model, then yes, you have a really high income in certain time of the year, or let's say twice a year. But if something goes wrong, then you don't have time to fix that. But if something goes wrong with my funnels or with my uh, lead generation or the traffic or anything, then I have time to fix that because I don't have the due date when the doors are closing. But I can always welcome new clients.
0: So how do you get them? Because this is what I found, right? There's a certain amount of people that will purchase immediately. And then there's a certain amount that will purchase when they've been reminded eight times. And then there's most people who will purchase right when it's about to close. (laughs) So how do you get those most people who typically buy right before the end date, right, to purchase an evergreen program? Do you have any sort of urgency for them to say
1: yes today? I do. So normally, when we uh, when we get them over the phone with us, then we do offer them like a really good discount for the program as well. So and they, they can only put down, let's say, the deposit, so that they would really have to make a decision, let's say, like on the spot, or sometimes a 48 hours or like that. So and that really because you do have to have some sort of emergency, like uh, urgency about the right, so that yes, I gotta, I gotta I gotta sign up right now. And we do like to reward those people because it is. It is scary, it is sometimes you know, like okay, I'm actually doing this, <laughs> so that we do have to give them something back. So, we typically motivate them um, with let's say discounts, and that's one of those things that we do over the phone.
0: Okay, cool. So, you have the evergreen marketing going, you are consistently scheduling discovery calls, and then during the discovery call, you can say, Well, for the next 48 hours, I'd love to give you 10% off or whatever it is if you book this program today or within the next 48 hours and give them that that deadline and I find that I mean I'm doing my first kind of personal development live event in January and early bird special just ended on Saturday and I think a third of the people like bought it within 10 p.m to midnight (laughs) you know it was so funny to me to see the stats actually play out that you kind of have to have urgency or an end date or something to get those people to commit. Because otherwise, if they think too long, they can talk themselves out of it or think, oh, I don't need it or talk to a naysayer who discourages them or whatever. So you do that after you've warmed them up by them getting to know you. And then, yes. and then you have the urgency there.
1: Cool. Yes. And I think that you also have to as a as a coach or as an entrepreneur, I feel like you have to know in your gut, like what this person really is going through. Is this really something that sometimes those women want to talk to their husbands or boyfriends? They really want to, you know what, I just gotta talk to him and he's not here right now. So I really need that for so like you know, forty eight hours or like that to just kind of talk that through that I am a yes to that, but I need to get him on a board as well. Sometimes it might be something that They are literally looking for excuse to talk themselves out of that. And you can tell that too. So um, which is fine because we definitely only want to work with people who are like, you know, hell yes for this, right? But I'm ready to go. So, so it's not about like tricking anybody like into anything. So but it's really giving them like, you know, like a little push that yes, you can do that, like you know, so that you're welcome to join us. And so absolutely. And I love what you shared about the live event because I recently did my live event first time ever, and I noticed the same thing about the data. And what I really did with this, um, the data was that I only had 20 spots. So every time somebody bought like a ticket, I crossed it off on my website. But now there's just five slots left. And now there's a four and now there's three. So people are like, oh my God, it will sell out. And so we ended up in the wait list after that as well. So they did not take action on time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so that's another way to create urgency is to have a countdown or yep. to have only a few spots available. So that way people need to make a decision because I think that's half of it is just the making a decision. People want change, but yet change is scary. Stepping out, spending money is scary. And so we've talked to them, you give them the confidence, the belief, all of the, of course, facts about what, what it's going on. And then we say, we know you want it. Just make a decision. (laughs) That's so fun. So you talked about, it's important to have a signature program and to have like the main thing, be the main thing. Tell me more about that.
1: Yeah, so I feel like like everyone should have something in place that would be your main offer. That doesn't mean that you can't have anything else. I have smaller things going on as well, but you want to be known for something online because if you want to stand out as the expert in your specific niche in your in your journey, then just pick something that you can put your full focus on, so that if people know you, that you know what you are the person like who is an expert in that particular field then they will send your clients as well. They will send you their referrals as well. If you try to do a million different things online that you're not an expert in anything, then it's really hard to stand out because you really are more as a generalist in that space.
0: Okay, so having a signature program, one thing that you become known for, create momentum in that space, create a name for yourself in that space, and certainly you can add to it, but don't stray too far from the main thing. Yes, absolutely. Cool. So tell me a little bit about your breakthrough moments. I mean, it's funny, we kind of glamorize entrepreneurship sometimes. And we're like, freedom of time. And we get to, I get to do recess duty. And, you know, I can take my kids to school and still, you know, build a business between 9am and 3. You know, like, that's my life. And I love it. But it's not all glorious. So tell me a few of the hurdles or aha moments that you had throughout these last few years.
1: I feel like the biggest one is definitely when I was building a business on the side when I was still working in a corporate because I saw a lot of people like quitting their jobs and going fully into the business. And for me, I always knew that I I can't just quit if I don't have the revenue coming in from my business. And I wanted to make sure that I have a really solid foundation in my business before I let go of my job. And It was scary because I really feel like like I had my moments when I was thinking that I see everyone else doing this, but do I actually have what it takes to really take this leap and everything? Because like I have a son who is eight right now. And I always knew that, you know what, I want to be able to drop him to school. I want to be able to pick him up from school. And I was never able to do that when I was working in corporate because he started school at eight eight, eight o'clock in the morning. And my... I had a meeting from Monday to Friday every morning, eight o'clock as well. So there was no way that I could even drop him to school. So for me, the biggest breakthrough and biggest aha definitely was that I was able to get, let's say, the revenue going, the clients coming in. And once you get your first and the second and the third client this will keep going there's no way back anymore it's like a snowball that it will only get bigger and then i was able to let go my job and i feel like that was the biggest breakthrough for me that like like i was able to do that so i have to take this deep to go through this hustle period of life and then like (laughs) enjoy the rewards yeah oh i think
0: so many times we do we see others and we're like good for you but do i have the skills can i actually do it and then yeah. when you, you know, first get your first yes, you know, your confidence builds and then you keep going and you get a second yes and your confidence builds and 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 then you finally see the fruit of all of that labor that maybe you didn't see for a while, right? Yeah. I love that, and I have my son's about to be eight as well. He's in second grade, and I always say we have the best of both worlds because I can take him to school, pick him up, be a part of events at school, but still like add value into the world and have a community of people that support each other. And it is it's it's super fun. So you're a business and success coach, and you named your business Design Dream Lifestyle. What does that business mean? Like, what? what tell me more. Why did you?
1: <laughs> so, for me, it's really about like also empowering women to step into their own power and creating their own, uh, dream lifestyle, whatever that is for them. So, because it can be different for different people. So, for me, I always stand for, you know, family and faith and freedom, travel, and just really being able to work on their own terms. So that I feel like everyone who has came to me and who has resonated with that, they all have different dreams that they want to accomplish. a lot of them also want to speed up time and also like being able to have their own business and to travel so, yeah.
0: awesome, awesome, and it's true. We really can be intentional about what we want and then figure out a way to go make it happen and And I think first asking yourself those questions, what do I want my life to look like and and having the support of people who can help guide you on that path is really important totally absolutely who do you feel like your mentors are
1: oh my gosh i have so many but recently i i went to see a tony robbins for example so i feel like i had to get my mindset in place and so like that was really really empowering because i have seen him on tv and like you know and so like in social media and everywhere but i never met him in person before and they really, really had a great time. So I really, really enjoyed connecting with him.
0: Yeah, there is something about, I mean, we can read books and listen to podcasts and audiobooks and all of that. But there is something about the energy in a room of being around people who are growth focused and ready to like bust through their own personal glass ceiling, especially with somebody like Tony Robbins, who's not going to let you get away with much else (laughs) did you have
1: any uh aha moment breakthroughs throughout that experience well one of the things is that if you go then know that the room is always super cold and i am always super cold myself so i was prepared for that but i was really surprised as well that the energy that he will bring into this room that he will have you jump up and down and really just do like different like exciting exercises that really transform your mindset it's really even like hard to describe the way that you walk out of this place that you like a totally different person that you really feel like I can I can do anything that there's nothing let's say that my fear does not it's not that it doesn't exist that you feel your fear but it's not like controlling your life that you control your own life that and fear can be somewhere in your life but it's not controlling your life.
0: Oh, yeah. so good. Yeah. And I love the the physical aspect of it because we say motion creates emotion, right? Yeah, So he does. He, I've never been to his events, but I have a lot of friends who have one of them just got back from date with destiny uh, this past week. And yeah, I mean, up and down and moving and jumping and just kind of getting physical because then it naturally raises your emotion and gets you yeah. out of your own way yeah it's definitely fun (laughs) cool. so as an entrepreneur and you are your own boss you're creating your own schedule what is one thing you do every day that you just couldn't live without
1: hmm let me see I think as an entrepreneur what I always do every day is I email to my email list (laughs) this is something that uh, a lot of people do not want to do but for me it's like a journaling so when I send out something to my email list, I know I'm nurturing them, but I always share moments from my personal life as well. Whether this is uh, having a really great coffee in the morning, but I know that I'm always changing somebody's day. Because like, if, I, if I put a good energy into it, then I know that somebody will benefit from that, even if it's just like one person. Mm.
0: Yep. Absolutely. And is there a good time to actually send that email?
1: Depending on your audience, I would say. So for me, uh, I have tested a lot. I like to send it around lunchtime or in the morning, like eight o'clock. Just because a lot of my audience is still like working full time. So they check in the phones during a lunch break or in the morning before they really start their day. Yeah.
0: Cool. Very cool. Well, guys, check out designdreamlifestyle.com to hear more from Relika. And is there anything else you want to
1: mention before we close today? I just want to tell everyone, just be confident and just go after your dreams. Like, if not now, then when? Just really just be confident and just go after. <laughs> yeah, don't hold this so back. Absolutely. Yes,
0: go get it, right? Decide what you want, go get it. And, and the how will figure itself out as you're taking action. So thank you so much for your wisdom and your time. And I really appreciate everything that you shared with us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.